After hearing Roll With It by Oasis, Dan Raza was struck with the musical bug. It started a musical journey delving into the classics of the 60s and 70s, and then the roots of those artists all the way back to the pre-war blues. Since then, Dan Raza has become one of the mainstays on the London singer-songwriter and folk roots scene. His distinctive approach has won him a following across the UK and abroad, as he has taken his songs on the road performing solo and opening for Joan Armitrading, Badly Drawn Boy, and Alejandro Escovito, amongst others. And he has been praised by artists such as Slade Cleves and Mary Gaucher, and even had a song included on Neil Young's Living With War website. Reminiscent of the Waterboys, Nick Drake, and Bob Dylan, Dan Raz's intimate guitar playing and poetic yet personal lyrics will pull you directly into the scenes he scripts and the portraits he paints. The hours drawing nearer, the silence brings a prayer. Welcome to the Raw Songwriting Podcast, where I challenge my guests to write a song in one week based on a random prompt, and then sit down and talk about the process. Along the way, we talk about the broader craft of songwriting. I'm your host, David Coyle, and it's a pleasure to introduce Dan Raza. Welcome to the show, Dan. Hey, David. So good to be here, man. Thanks for yeah. having me. Yeah, so we've got a bit of a time difference here. Uh, where I am, it's about uh, it's about one thirty right now. So what, where where is it? Uh, what is it? Your time? Yeah, man. Well, here in London, in England, it is twenty to nine in the evening. Wow. All right. So we're living. It's just it's like time travel here. We're living in a in a different worlds. Um, <laughs> well, hey. So we we met a couple years ago at this uh uh, uh songwriting retreat called song school in lyons mm-hmm. colorado uh and uh it's it's been several years but i remember uh listening to you perform at uh the wildflower pavilion there and this was a, a performance in front of uh all people that are aspiring professional singer songwriters if not professional singer songwriters mm-hmm. and and you just like really knocked it out of the park. You were just one of the most powerful performances that we had. And, wow. um, and, and you were saying earlier that that was while you were, you were kind of on the road for, you said like about two years. Is that right? That's right, man. Uh, yeah, I left London in, I think it was 2017 and yeah, I came to the States, uh, stayed there, you know, best part of two two years was kind of like in and out but you know i was there for about two years yeah i loved it and i loved loved meeting you and i loved that camping in lions that was that was just so yeah. inspiring yeah. it was a fun it was a fun fun time well so i'm 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 curious here so when you're on the road uh mm-hmm. for that extended period of time how, how does that influence your songwriting how does that affect the way that you write songs is it different than when you're more settled oh yeah yeah it was wonderful it was wonderful so the songs you're going to play on this show uh the songs from my album that was all recorded before that time and yeah i can i can notice a huge difference in the way i write songs so just being away and immersed in songwriting without you know having to worry about a day job and all the other kind of you know big city life like here in london is i think it's a little bit like new york it's kind of it's a whole different headspace when you're kind of traveling and you're meeting music people and hanging out. It was wonderful, and I'd do it again in a flash if I could. Yeah. I'm not as much of a – I'm not a natural traveler. I'm not as much of a wanderer, and I, I feel like I would be mm-hmm. stressed out a lot. I know when I was doing my traveling bit, I, I don't know that I was necessarily more productive than I am now when I'm kind of settled. Uh, but but what – I mean, did you – how did you find time? Where did you fit in the songwriting? How did that that play out? What do you mean when I was like away? Like yeah, when, when you were yeah, when you were on the road, yeah, when you were out, yeah, traveling the world. I don't know. I just kind of like I was just in that headspace where I was just like, uh, what would you call it, a sponge? You know, everything. I was just because I, I, you know, when you're in a new environment and you, all that kind of stuff, you you just your your senses kind of heightened. At least they were for me. So I was constantly taking in new new uh, sensory pieces of information, hearing people talk, hearing their stories. And uh, I was doing it every day. I was writing every day. And for me, oh, wow. for me, it really is a muscle. And uh, that's that's why this challenge was difficult for me today, because um, I haven't written a song for many months. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'm a big subscriber to uh, the more you do it, the, the easier it is and the kind of more you kind of let that muscle grow. It's like a gym. So, yeah, when I was away, uh, yeah, it was just just being immersed in that that mind frame and. Yeah, it was it was a wonderful time for me. I got to be honest, it was like a reboot which I needed. Oh yeah, 
Well, so just but speaking of reboots here now, you said for the last year you haven't been writing too much. Is that is that because of the pandemic or were you not writing that much, you know, right before that? Or how did that play out? How were oh, you no, affected by all the. Yeah, the pandemic, it was in in the creative sense, it was good when it hit because I was kind of laid off work for three months. And uh, so I'd, I'm, a, I'd, I'm a courier here in London. So oh, I'd, I'd, yeah, I do deliveries for a legal company. And um. Yeah, so the work just stopped because everywhere closed. And uh, so in that sense, it was great because I got back into that headset and that, that space of just writing every day. And I did write a lot. But since then, it's kind of come back. And uh, I don't know. I just, and I'm also recording an album at the moment. And I, I, oh. I'm one of these people who finds it hard to, I kind of have three separate hats. I have a writing hat, I have a recording hat, and I have a performing hat. And I don't find it too easy to kind of, I don't feel I'm doing my best at any of them. If I'm kind of juggling them at the same time, I prefer to just focus on writing or focus on recording or focus on performing. And at the moment, my focus is on recording, which uh, is kind of being drawn out longer than I would like. So it's kind of the writing is on the back burner. I don't really like to write too much when I'm recording, you know, so. Sure, sure, sure. Well, so that's actually, that's interesting to me that, um, I mean, recording is something that, you don't do as quite as frequently as performing, I imagine. But when you're, if you're, if you're not writing while you're performing, and I totally understand, understand that. Cause you're like trying to learn these songs and you're doing rehearsals. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, what uh, do, do you segment out like a certain part of the year where you just have writing time? Um, Cause you perform, yeah. you perform year round, don't you? I do, you know, pre-pandemic for sure. Yeah, well, sure, you know, yeah. And I would, I would do a little bit of writing, but you know, when you have a busy, you know, you work every day, uh, Monday to Friday, and then you're gigging like several nights a week, and probably at the weekends, it's not actually loads. I'm, I'm not somebody who likes to pick at writing. You know, like I'll start writing a song, and then I'll pick an hour, and then pick another hour. You know, every couple of days, I like to, I like a solid solid bit of time to get into writing that's where sure. it works best for me i like to get it done as as tight a space of time as possible work really hard and kind of get that idea i don't really like it dragging on so long so that that's that's why so in an ideal world i guess uh yeah i wouldn't be i wouldn't have a day job but you know i need a day job obviously. <laughs> yeah that's the <laughs> that's always yeah. the trick that's always exactly. the trick all right so we've got a couple songs here from your second album which would be uh, two or Dan Raza two perhaps so that might mm-hmm. be. Uh, so why don't we why don't we take these as case studies and try to find out exactly what are the what are the intricacies of the Dan Raza songwriting process? <laughs> We're gonna start here with Midnight and the Wine by Dan Raza off the album Two. Midnight and the wine's not working She buys one more to pass the time Sways to the slow set steps
That was Midnight and the Wine by Dan Raza off of his second album, Two. And uh, (laughs) that is such a great song. I absolutely fell in love with that song when I heard it. And what's great is it's just it's it's got that classic country feel. um, And it's 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 also it's it's so simple. It's just it's like it's so direct and to the point. And it it, but it but it, it, it evokes just that a moment of time and place. And it just, it's just, this is like a classic tune. As far as I'm concerned, this is, this is really wonderful, man. So I got to hear everything about this. How did you come (laughs) up with this song? Oh, thanks Dave. Oh, well, how did I come up with it? Yeah. Gosh. You mean, you mean the lyric or or the musical? What? All all of the above, all of the, well, (laughs) no, well, I guess the, uh, not, not so much the, the production, but more the writing of the song. Yeah, though, yeah. though, though, you know, if there were changes in the song that you made while recording it, I want to hear about that too. Well, you know, when I when I first wrote it, it sounded much more like a crowded house kind of song. Weirdly enough, oh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, you know, because it's kind of got a few Beatlesy kind of changes in there. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, when I recorded it, I don't know. I wanted it to sound like a Ray Price record that I love called Nightlife. So we went down that route of the TikTok bass and the pedal steel. But um. Yeah, the actual writing of it, like I say, this is like pre-going away to America and writing in a different way. And it was the guy I used to work with on my first album, a guy called Charlie Hart, used to say I wrote in a kind of an impressionistic kind of style. And I kind of just, yeah, almost would throw images out and, and this maybe fits into that style. And anyway, I was in a bar, an Irish bar down down the road here where I'm in northwest London called Powers. And uh, it was late at night. It was kind of coming up to midnight. And um, I just finished playing there with my band at the time. And, you know, in London, at least at that time, uh, the the underground, the metro uh, stopped at midnight. So um, there was always like a huge exodus of people who didn't live in that part of town, in our part of town, to go back to, you know, East London or South London because it's such a big city. So, uh, yeah, this girl was at the bar and um, all her friends kind of were leaving. And, you know, I kind of was seeing them all hug her and stuff like that. And she stayed there and ordered a drink on her own. And she kind of looked sad. And that was just a seed, the kind of genesis of the song. And then, you know, the rest was kind of my imagination, you know. But it's midnight and the wine's not working. That That's kind of that image and that phrase came from that specific moment uh, of me being in that bar, kind of picking, you know, packing away my stuff and, uh, yeah, and seeing her. Well, it's interesting you say crowded house because now that you bring it up, uh, I can I can totally hear the crowded house influence oh, cool. in there, and they've got a they got a little bit of country uh, in their stuff sometimes too. So for sure, uh, yeah, yeah, that's ah, uh, yeah, and well, so now this is there are fewer words than than most of the songs of yours that I've heard. Now was that. A, a deliberate choice or how does that because you're usually you you go into a lot of detail in some of your other songs and this one is i mean there's plenty of detail but it's very compact and yeah. is did that feel unusual did it did it feel different at the time that you were writing it no i think that was more the case i think i struggled with lyrics a lot more at that time of writing you know i at that like i say i do really feel like there's been a kind of a uh an evolution in in the way i write these days uh since being away uh, and i tend to write way too much these days so like um <laughs> yeah exactly i tend to like have reams of lyrics and verses and stuff like that which i try to edit down sometimes i don't do a very good job of it but i try to but back in that time when i was writing that song you know what i would you just i wouldn't i would just sit down with the guitar and the melody would come and words would come and then it was like, what the hell is this song about? You know, I really like uh-huh. the tune. And uh, I really like the tune. And kind of maybe I would have had this sort of like lyrical hook, but I'd be like, I have no idea what that means. So it was a struggle sometimes for me. And I think I think that I kind of, it was a trap I fell, fell into many times of like, how do I finish this song when I don't really know what it's about? Or what, you know, this sort of lyrical hook that I've been singing, it doesn't make any sense or it doesn't resonate with me. It fits really well in the mouth and it fits the meter brilliantly and whatever. But what the hell does it mean? And so, yeah, I think at that time I, sh- I struggled a lot more with lyrics. Uh, whilst now I kind of come from a more sort of lyrical centered place where I kind of, 
even if I don't know exactly what I'm singing about, I know where it's coming from in my heart, if you know what I mean. Uh, I might not be uh, able to uh-huh. sort of articulate it. So, yeah, that's probably why on this type of song, you know, I didn't have reams of lyrics. <laughs> you know, I just, that's why, yeah. So you used to, so you used to be more uh, kind of, uh, the the way that you wrote was more music first, and then you got the, mm-hmm. the way that you do it now, do you, do you write the lyrics first, and, and how do you do that? Is it like a journal entry, or is it just, uh, uh, how do you, how do you do it? It really depends, so I haven't got a, a set way of doing it, so the song we're going to hear later on, uh, I came up with a tune first, and again, that was a little bit of a struggle, because I was like, okay, how am I going to get words around this? But uh, yeah, more often than not, and especially when I, you know, I, I know we're both friends of Timmy. Uh, how uh, yeah. do we say his? Reardon, right? Uh, Reardon, yeah. Reardon, sorry. I never know how to pronounce his surname. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so when we did a Tim's Challenge, uh, he would kind of come up with a prompt. And then, yeah, usually I would come up with the lyrics first and then get a tune for that. So yeah, I do that more these days, but it just depends. Yeah, it just depends. Okay. Well, that's, uh, well, that that is just a... That's just a fa- fabulous song, though. I, I really like that one. But let, let's let's Thanks. delve into uh, uh, another one uh, from the same album. This is uh, "Drifting" by Dan Raza, again off of uh, Dan Raza's second album. <laughs> Silence brings a prayer a Starlight on the water And a ghost upon the stairs A letter on my table Is two days old Drifting Put on my winter cold And I'm drifting Here where the shadows grow I'm drifting Shut my eyes and I just go Drifting I'd wander down the streets towards the tents. His lovers are on the pier, and it's said and I had watched him. The Christmas lights are shining red and gold. Drifting, put on my winter coat, not drifting. Here where the shadows grow, I'm drifting. Shut my eyes and I just go Drifting We walk alone sometimes Drifting Just like the orphan child Drifting And we're running out of time I know we're running out
All right, that was Drifting by Dan Raza off of his second release, Two. And, uh, yeah, you know, we were talking about the influences uh, earlier, what you, uh, what people uh, found you to be reminiscent of. And this, this to me, definitely, I, I, I feel the, the, water, the water boys, yeah. uh, a little taste of the water boys in here. Though a lot of that may be the production. Um, but this was, mm-hmm. what I think is interesting is that you said that you wrote this before you were on your big, uh, your big trip. Um, yeah. so, uh, even though this is about drifting and, uh, so, I mean, well, let, let's hear about this. What, what prompted this? I mean, do you feel like you've always been a bit of a drifter? Oh, wow. Um, probably not by choice, but yeah, I probably, probably am a bit of a drifter. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I guess what I can say about this song, um, I think this, I think one of the reasons I, you know, you asked, you asked me to send a couple of songs over and. I think I sent this one because you were uh, one of the questions was, you know, a song that's kind of a what was the question? Well, it was you know what's what's one that's uh, representative of your 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 quote unquote normal songwriting process. There you go, there you go. So in these days, uh, post post, uh, you know, uh, wandering abroad, uh, I had a band and uh, the band are playing on that track, and one one of the sort of key things I think in my style, at least then is to write riffs, like hooks and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, was a, you know, a song, uh, was a, a lick I wrote for the, the fiddle. And then we doubled it up on the accordion and the, and the whistle. And, uh, yeah, I think that's always been a big part of my style. Even, even when I was a teenager and I was playing with sort of heavier rock bands, I was always somebody who was into, into hooks, you know, musical hooks as well mm. as, uh, lyrical hooks or melodic vocal, melodic hooks. So, um, yeah, I, I I I try my best, at least on some songs, to uh, have that. Obviously, it's always easier when you've got a top line instrument playing with you. But you know, I always yeah. try and have something that that kind of resonates with me. So when I'm playing it, even if I'm playing it solo, it's kind of like, yeah, this this guitar's talking to me. Do you know what I mean? It's quite important to me. I need to kind of sometimes I need to bounce off something, and if it's not another human being playing an instrument, it needs to be the instrument I'm playing. Uh, so yeah, I feel like that riff. It's kind of representative, if that if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, do you feel uh, so? At the time, you were you were writing while you had a band in mind. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and do you currently do you have a a, a band that travels with you currently, or are you mostly solo right now? I'm mostly solo, man. I'm mostly solo. I'd love to have a band. There's nothing better. Uh, nothing better. It's so powerful, and it can, you know, make a room dance, and it can make a room oh, shake, yeah. and it, you know what I mean? I was always a big fan of the Pogues, and uh, the Pogues, you know... Uh, they oh, yeah, could, yeah. They, they could get people sort of like pogo in but they could also make people waltz you know a whole room waltz and sway to like this sort of sad beautiful majestic songs and that's what i loved about having a band but you you never lost the power of it you know when you're playing solo you can't do that same sort of thing do you know what i mean there's nothing better than having drums and bass and then maybe yeah. a fiddle on top of that so yeah it's it's I, I i respect the people that have like such a funky style of guitar playing that they're able to get people to move but but i know i i'll be writing something i think it's going to be like this soul r&b classic and i just yeah, can't yeah. can't quite get that that <laughs> thing to shake on its own you know you got to get those other folks well so yeah. so uh, just out of curiosity you said that you used to be in more rocking bands mm-hmm. uh were you uh was that like the pogues or were, what what kind of stuff were you you doing then you know what? I think there's always been like kind of posy stuff, uh, mostly in my solo bands. You know, I've, I've had so many bands since I was like in my early 20s. These days, it's just become obviously the pandemic, so it's kind of impossible. But even before the pandemic, there was just no money in it. And you got a band and it did quite well. And then before you knew it, other people were asking all the members to join their bands. And it was, you know, <laughs> the, it, just, it, just, it just didn't work, especially in a big city like London. Everyone was booked up. It was a nightmare. So, but anyway, the, when I'm talking about doing the more rocking stuff, I uh, know I was in a band called The Sunbirds as a teenager, and we, we were pretty good, actually. Uh, yeah, we were pretty good. I, I, if we'd stayed together, I reckon we would have had a decent chance of doing something because it was just before the record industry kind of imploded because of the internet but anyway back in those days i you know i i just sang and played a bit of harmonica i didn't really play guitar so um did you write the songs though i wrote some of the songs yeah i wrote about 50 percent of them yeah and nice. we, we had another great songwriter yeah well so um 
well, we're kind of delaying talking about this particular song, but I'm curious. I well, why don't we hear first about drifting? How you wrote that? Yeah. But I but I'd love to hear about when you were writing for your your uh, your rockin' band. You know, yeah. like like how writing for that was different than what you're doing. You know now. Wow. Well, I'll answer that one first. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I wrote. I haven't done this for years, but I would actually write a little bit on electric guitar back then, because mm-hmm. you know the the guitar player was so influenced by Zeppelin and people like that, and he was a fantastic oh, yeah. guitar player. Yeah, Dave Nichols, his name is, and um, yeah, so I would write would write riffs again because of hooks. You know, I'm a big hook fan, and I believe like there was nothing better when we were in that band when the guitar was playing this hook, this riff, and then the bass was playing the riff as well. And again, it kind of put me in mind of that, that, those early influences of mine, like free and Zeppelin and the stones, you know, like satisfaction and stuff like that. You can't beat, you can't beat songs that just have great, great, you know, and Leonard Skinner, another great uh, influence in that, in that sense, you know, just great, great rock and roll, rocking guitar riffs and hooks. For me, it's just compelling. It will just get a room. It just makes people's next turn towards the stage when you're in a Absolutely. room and you're playing that kind of music. Yeah, and then we had a bit of harmonica sometimes playing that as well, and it was it was just great. You know, it's kind of like meat and potatoes in some way. It's kind of obvious, but when it's done well, it's 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 so much fun to do and it's so effective. So yeah, yeah, that was kind of one way I was writing. I was still kind of writing. Uh, you know, by that point, you know, I was a big Neil Young, Dylan, Van Morrison fan, so mm-hmm. I was writing on acoustic. And but when it was kind of translated through their kind of a uh, lens, it was kind of beefed up and it was great man but yeah so it was slightly different and then the drifting uh gosh you know uh i don't even know what to tell you about that i just it was just a song that was kicking around you were still well you were still working with the hooks and whatnot what about the lyrics Mm -hmm. i think is it i guess you were saying earlier that uh sometimes you, you had to kind of fish around to figure out what the song was actually about yeah yeah was that the case here was that the case with this one you know, I couldn't, again, it's quite impressionistic, I think, the lyrics. I don't think it tells a, an, you know, an A to Z kind of story. It's not like a necessarily a narrative in the kind of troubadour sense that we know it. It's more kind of like images. It's, it's a mood piece, I think. And I kind of, yeah. in that sense, I know what the song's about. It's a really sad song, in my opinion. It's kind of like, it's just kind of loneliness, kind of, is, is kind of what it says to me. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's a mood, it's a mood piece and kind of, it's just, images and stuff like that that kind of reflect that i think it's just a super fun and hooky song and Thanks, uh and, it, and 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 you know i you know maybe it doesn't tell a uh you know a story in the you know beginning middle end type of thing but i i like the you know it's clearly it's winter you're setting this stage mm-hmm. and and just the the idea of drifting um uh, i think a lot of us can relate to that so Thanks, man dude great great stuff here um I think right now we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the challenge songs that uh, that we both wrote uh, based on the prompt that you chose. And uh, yeah, we'll be back in just a few minutes. Welcome back to the Raw Songwriting Podcast. I am your host, David Coyle, and I am talking to Dan Raza, a singer-songwriter out of London. And uh, about a week ago, I challenged him to uh, pick a prompt, a writing prompt, and uh, we would both write a song uh, based on that prompt. So I'm going to read those prompts off here. These are ones that I sent him to choose from. Uh, The first one was a random picture, which is a rock face. And I mean that literally. There appears to be a face in the side of this this mountain. Uh, And there's a little bit of mist there. So So it's a rock face. There was a random word. The random word was Alpenglow, which means the rosy light of the setting or rising sun seen on high mountains. Then there was a random fact. There are two AI chatbots created by Facebook to talk to each other, but they were shut down after they started communicating in a language that they made for themselves. And then uh, there was the fearless prompt. This is Timmy Reardon's fearless songwriting prompt uh, that was for the week of May 14th. And the prompt was mind over matter. And it includes a picture of an upside down rabbit hanging over what looks to be a carved miniature person of some sort. I I didn't know that's what it was. Okay. Uh, that's what it looks like to me. I, I don't know what it is for sure. I, you know, he put some weird pictures on there. So, um, yeah. but, uh, but Dan, what, what did you, uh, what did you choose? Uh, and why, why did you choose that prompt? 
Yeah, so I chose the final prompt, uh, the mind over matter. You know, uh, got to be honest with you, I was none of them really jumped out. Oh, well, they kind of all interest intrigued me, but um, in terms of writing to a, to one of those prompts, none of them were like, oh yeah, yeah, that that's the one. Um, now I'm looking at it again. Maybe that first one with the face and the rocks. I didn't I didn't quite see the face actually until now. But well, that would have been cool. You know, maybe I'm just seeing faces. I mean, that's maybe that's not yeah. what it's supposed to be. But that's what it looks like to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now I see it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I maybe could have done something with that. And then uh, the album glow, I kind of looked that up. And it's a cool word, but a cool phrase. But um, nothing nothing immediately came to me. And the, the chat bots, again, was really cool. But I was like, no, nah, ain't really my kind of style, kind of that thing. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're not really a you're not really like a sci-fi writer. I guess that's a. Maybe. I wish I was, man. That would be so much fun. But no, I'm a lot more, uh, yeah, earthy than that. I guess so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that that wasn't happening. And then the mind over matter. You know, I just I don't know. I just like I say, nothing immediate. I wasn't like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing immediately was going to come. So, uh, I what I did was I kind of uh, I think it was like Monday night or something <laughs> like that. I got home from a friend's uh, from recording and. Uh, I just picked up the guitar and I was just playing and I was like, oh, this is quite a cool little tune or idea I came up with. And then the day after that, I kind of uh, did a bit of free writing, you know, in, in, around work and uh, around that prompt, sorry, uh, when I got back from work. And that was kind of the evolution of the lyric, just from doing some free writing. And then, yeah, between that musical idea that I already had and these free writing, I tried to kind of combine the two you know over the days to come okay well let's uh well let's take a listen to what you came up with here this is circus train by dan raza it is his challenge song based on the prompt mind over matter here we go Just a lot of tough talking cowboys 
Searching for God in an empty sky And it's hard to tell Just who's left who Should have stayed in school a little longer Should have stayed away from birds The women and the poets And the steel strung guitars And you only left holes in your pocket Tucked your whiskey with rain It was warm every second, every minute you stayed Join me on a circus trip Running out of town again You're the only one I ever want You're the only one I ever need Let me feel your hand in mine Let me hold you one last time I would give the moon to have you in my arms tonight On the circus train All right. Uh, that was Circus Train by Dan Raza. It was his contribution this week to the ch the challenge. The prompt that he was basing that off of was Mind Over Matter. And man, Dan, there are just some like <laughs> just killer lyrics in here. Um, oh, thanks, man. I'm, I'm the last ghost standing in an empty bar. Uh, the last boy staring up at the stars. That is just that's great. Um, Oh, this is this is like I don't know minor technical thing, but I just love that you rhyme teen with train. Like, let's pretend that we're sixteen riding on a circus train. I don't know that that I like that that kind of uh, near rhyme. Uh, Thanks, let me see the oh uh, misfits and dreamers, outcasts and well, see here it has on the lyrics you wrote are, are make believers, but you actually said true believers when you performed. Uh, that that sounded awesome. Um, I think my favorite. I guess it's the bridge. I really love the lyrics there. It's like, uh, but you know, this ain't Damascus. Ain't no roads lead out of here. No saints you'll see on horseback to baptize you with their tears. Just a lot of tough talking cowboys searching for God in an empty sky. And it's hard to tell just who's left who behind. That one hit me so hard. That, and it, it's hard yeah. to tell just who's left who behind. Um, but uh all right. Well, let's. Uh, you already told us a little bit about how you did this, but um, uh, is there anything more that you want to talk about for 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 writing this? What was what was well, going on? Yeah, I guess I should like uh, obviously like how the hell does this fit in with mind over matter? I guess I can kind yeah. of explain that. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't know if it's immediately obvious, but um, for me, was it the circus train? It's kind of. When I was, you know, because I, I put that at the top of my page when I was kind of like did a little bit of free writing, and um, it's that idea that uh, I don't know these people that kind of follow. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine. I played one of the a gig the other day, and um, he was playing. He's a musician who's been around the block, and uh, I, this kind of sense that mind over matter, and with with kind of artistic things the material success isn't or you know what, what the material what, what you gain materially like in terms of a wage or whatever isn't necessarily uh as tangible uh as in uh, in other kind of walks of life and i so i don't know this is about just the circus train i don't know it's just this kind of carnival kind of life that uh troubadours like like he live and uh like he lives and I don't know. That's that's where the song came out of, and that kind of a, uh, yeah, that, that kind of being around the block a few times, kind of thing. But still being a dreamer, but kind of a, uh, you know, maybe sort of having to patch up those dreams as you go along. That's kind of where that uh, lyric came from, and and how it works with the prompt. 
Now, you, you said earlier that uh, these days you tend to write a lot more lyrics than you actually use. Mm -hmm. um, now, yeah. this is a this is like an early draft, obviously, of this song. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, because you just wrote it. This, well, I don't know. Maybe you maybe a week is all you need to get a finished version. But but I mean, did did you have like a lot of material that you left on the cutting room floor here or uh, is For this sure, pretty much man. everything you wrote? No, no, no. I got there was a ton of lyrics. And to be honest, oh. like uh, I was trying to make sense because so the kind of chorus goes into a kind of sort of a romantic kind of, a, you know, the kind of a, who you're singing about. And, you know, the kind of you, I brought in another person that kind of takes on a kind of romantic kind of thing. And uh, that was a, that was something that I had a question mark about whether it was just going to be a guy kind of going it alone. So, yeah, in terms of the lyrics. I kind of just stayed the ones, kept the ones which kind of would work with that kind of him kind of asking this this girl to kind of come with him on the circus train and get out of town again, pretend that they're 18 and, you know, wake up with you next to me, the gypsy blood's still in our veins, let's ride on that circus train again, you know, that kind of bringing her into the vision and it was kind of like, you know, almost like that Bruce Springsteen, Thunder Road kind of thing. You know, that kind of romantic thing is two of them. Uh, so I kind of cut the lyrics, which were more just this guy's kind of a, you know, a kind of lone wolf kind of character. So, uh, yeah, mm. I just tried to keep the ones that kind of maybe fit with that, you know, that would work with that chorus. Oh, that's uh, so, oh, that's interesting. I like that. So you, you, can't, you had enough to choose from. You could kind of pick and choose what story you wanted to actually tell. Um, yeah, because I really only got my head down with this on, for, I don't know, Friday night or something like that. Yeah. And yeah, so I was just kind of trying to get my head around, yeah, what what the hell was this song about? I knew it was, I kind of knew in my heart the kind of, the soul of the song, but yeah, it was, it was a little bit confusing. And I think one of the best kind of lessons I've learned over the years is like, uh, don't have too many ideas. Yeah, why well, should qualify that? Don't, the song shouldn't be about too many things. And I'm talking like about... Yeah. A big theme, you know what I mean. Sure. So, like, who are you singing to? You got so it's kind of like, okay, no, this the heart of this song is him talking to this girl. It's kind of about him, really, but like, it's about him saying to this girl, you know, come, come away with me, kind of like reawaken this thing with me. You know, we can do this kind of thing. You know, you know, against yeah. the kind of odds. So yeah, it kind of had to work with that. So that was kind of the the kind of apparatus. Well, so yeah. well, I, I like to ask this of all all my guests, but. uh uh, it's kind of two questions, but one is, mm -hmm. uh, do you feel like this is a finished song? And if not, how would you go about revising it? Where would you go from here? I don't know. We'll have to see. I like, you know, I like to kind of try my best to get the damn thing done and in a draft, mm -hmm. uh, and then come back to it, you know, days, yeah. weeks, months, or years later, and then kind of make sense of how I feel about it. At, at, when I, when I, when I wrote it, uh, when I kind of, got the, the finished draft of it together at that particular time i thought yeah i like this you know i i, I felt okay with it so yeah we'll have to see uh and what was the other question oh just how would you would go how you would go about revising it is it do you have like a kind of a system like you go through and i mean i, I don't know yeah. i don't know some people have kind of a systematic approach and other people just kind of go through it and figure out what sings best you know oh that's so interesting um well I, when I listen back to it, you know, I know the bits that don't sound right. You know, I, I think musically, I might want to do something more interesting with the bridge. Uh, I don't know, really. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I'll have to see when I listen back to it. Uh, but, that's, but that's interesting in its own yeah. right, that what you do is you, I mean, is that is, is that pretty typical for you, is that you you do a first draft and then you stick it in a drawer for a couple weeks or months and then you come back to it? Or do you, are yeah. some of them ones that you work on sort of nonstop and then you get them done and like, you know, like within a week or two weeks or something. Uh, if I got a, if I got a chunk of time, then yeah, I'm I'm a kind of park it kind of guy, which is probably okay. why I still sing the same songs I've sung for years. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. If I had a, if I had more of a ch chunk of solid time to work on something, then I'd probably be digging into it. But yeah, you know, I work kind of exhaustively at stuff. Um, as you know, because I was a bit delayed sending this over to you because I was fiddling around with it so long. So I kind of like <laughs> yeah. work myself down into the ground, kind of, you know, trying to get it into the into the right shape that I'm happy with just to let it go. And then, sure. yeah, usually I, I record on a Zoom, an H2 Zoom, this little dictaphone kind of good, you know, good kind of recorder. So I fill that up with like eight hours on the memory disk and put it on a hard drive. And I've just, you know, I've got hundreds of, 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 
these folders, you know, of eight hours of music on it. And uh, wow, I'm always trying to catch up with stuff. Yeah, so uh, I will come back to it. I like it, but yeah, I don't know, man. It just depends when I come back to it. Yeah, I'll be like, see what feels right. Well, that's great. I like I like that. Uh, I you know I'd say that probably probably ninety percent of the people that I've talked to they 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 sort of see it as they 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 focus on editing as they go. Um, but I'm I'm a believer in getting that first draft out there. So I, I like the fact that that's how you yeah. do it. You you knock out that first draft and then you go back and and revisit it. So that's yeah. that's great. Well, I look Thanks, forward to man. hearing this a couple months down the road and seeing, uh, you know, seeing what you come up with, man. I think this is this is a really, I mean, there's so much good stuff in here. So, Thanks, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to to hearing more of it. So. Thanks, man. All right. Well, I also wrote a song for the challenge, and uh, mine was I decided to go more full in on the uh, the theme, and that I actually used the I uh, use the word mind over matter in the song, though I don't know that it's necessarily clear <laughs> that, that it's necessarily clear what what it means in the song. But we'll find out. So this is my contribution to uh, the challenge this week uh, based on the prompt mind over matter. My song is Mind Over Matter by David Coyle. Ain't nothing sadder than a hole in your head Your thoughts are scattered, you lay awake in bed Fed up with the chatter, background jibber-jabber Staring at the ceiling, you can't control your feelings Your thoughts can gather, it's mind over matter, you see You're on full cover with your soul in distress Recall your blunders, remember your regrets Guessing at the number leaves you so encumbered Still your heart is bleeding, you can't control your feelings Your heart will gather its mind over matter, you see Now Imagination's fleeting, you can't control your feelings Your thoughts will gather its mind over matter, you see Your thoughts will gather its mind over matter, you see Mind Over Matter by yours truly, David Coyle. It is my contribution to the challenge this week uh, based on the prompt, Mind Over Matter. So uh, before I go into it, is there anything that stood out to you, Dan? I love it, man. I love your voice and I love your oh. music. So it was really wonderful for me to reconnect it, well, connect with it. And um, I guess as soon as I started hearing it, I was like, wow, man, this sounds like Odetta or something like that, or Josh White. I don't know how familiar you are with those kind oh, of Oh, I don't know that I know either of them. I'm, I'll have to check them really? out. You said Odetta and Josh White? I'll have to check them out. Y yeah, yeah, yeah. Both African-American artists from the kind of like 50s oh. kind of time. And yeah, they both kind of, that kind of dominant seven for whatever that first 
uh, chord you're playing and that kind of interest and uh, key signature or the kind of groove that you yeah. get on. So it kind of put me in mind of that, and then it kind of goes into this almost like Steeler's Wheel, stuck in the middle of you kind of a okay. melody, and it was just wonderful. I loved it. It was just funky, man. Really like it a lot, and so concise. Just a cracking track. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. That's Yeah, okay. That was... <laughs> yeah, I was thinking kind of that era was certainly, yeah. you know, kind of it was definitely felt kind of like a throwback uh style style-wise, especially with that yeah, that guitar, the guitar thing going on in the and the the kind of melody. Um Yeah, this was <laughs> You know what? Every artist has to have their writer's block song, and that's what this one is for me. Uh there was a point where I was just like, I have no idea what I'm writing. Um <laughs> and and then I decided, well, you know, that kind of kind of goes with the theme of the of the prompt so i decided okay well i'm just gonna throw myself into it and write that writer's block song and yeah so i'm using it's kind of kind of lazy i mean it's uh in the sense that i just decided to to do a bunch of rhymes and um keep them vaguely i mean there's not a lot of there's not a lot of specifics in this song it's not a lot of fine details um it's pretty much generalizations and 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 kind of metaphors and and whatnot uh but i you know i think that the you know i tried to make the the word play kind of interesting and 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 hopefully clever enough to to draw folks in uh i do feel like yeah i i guess i'm already going into the critique a little bit here but the uh your thoughts will gather its mind over matter you see that's the refrain mm. of the song and and I don't I don't understand what that means. Did, you said you like that part. Is that okay? <laughs> Did, I, I didn't just... actually single that part out, but I do like it. I mean, it's musical. Sometimes, I mean, it just sounds musical, doesn't it? If it, it doesn't matter, it's mind over matter. I mean, that's so musical, man. It yeah. almost like doesn't even exactly matter what you're saying. And sometimes, you know, like I say, I'm kind of or more so in the past used to be from that school. Like I would come up with something and it would sound so good in the mouth. And I'd be like, what the hell does this actually mean? But it does mean something. It feels like it means something to me as a listener. And it I don't know if it's the same for you. So sometimes that stuff kind of reveals itself over time. Sometimes it doesn't. But it, it's got a feel to it and a groove. And to be honest, the, the, the lyric that I really loved, or at least I loved how it worked with the music, was the hold on, the kind of where you break out of the chords and kind of goes into a chorus or whatever you might call it. Hold on. Yeah. And I, I thought that was so cool, man. Just how you, I just again I know it's kind of a maybe you say it's not so specific, but I think it really fits and the kind of the lyric of the obviously the kind of verses is kind of this kind of like slightly irritable kind of like things aren't is a bit awkward in his life or whatever's going on. But then you get to the sort of like the hold on. It's almost like the the chorus, the choir speaking in the background, just kind of telling this guy just to you know sit his eyes on the kind of a. Uh, the sparrow, you know, the kind of like the things that matter. And I, I, I'm not articulating it well, but for me, it really worked. Oh, that's great. That's great to hear. I, I kind of feel like this is kind of a Rorschach kind of song. I mean, it's it's the it's the type yeah, of yeah. song where it's that, you know, the inkblot tests where you show the people mm -hmm. the inkblots and they kind of put their own meaning to it. And even though there's there's some vague meaning to this song, I, I kind of feel like it's something that, that people may latch onto with a lot of different interpretations, or it may be something that they can, you know, they can mm -hmm. appropriate to various situations in their life. Um, and yeah, sometimes the vagueness, it's like, I, I, I sometimes feel bad about that, but sometimes it's like, like you said, it's like, if it's really musical and it just sort of rolls out and it feels natural to sing, exactly. uh, then, then maybe it really doesn't matter if it, if it, if that precise meaning is there for me, this was a writer's block song. But other people, you know, writer's block is, you know, people have that kind of stag uh, stagnation uh, in other ways in their life. So, so you know, perhaps there's a little bit of uh, yeah, the hope oh, is yeah. that there will be some universality, universality to that whole thing. I, I think when you hear a song which tells somebody to hold on and they're in a situation in their life where they need someone to hear that, then that's a really powerful thing. Someone yeah. singing, hold on, and actually like holding those those vowels out like you do on that, where, you know, 
uh, and the, the chord the chords start strumming. That's really powerful. And then you're like, you know, I can't remember the lyric. I can't. The screen's too small for me to see. But you, I think you're essentially saying, you know, keep your eyes on the prize, kind of thing. You know, just hold on, keep your eye on the mountain. Absolutely. And that, that's really powerful. And like I say, some sometimes that re- will really resonate with people. Yeah. Yeah. So so I I consider this to be a good start. I I mean this is. I, 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 there's, I, I like the central riff. I think there's kind of that cool guitar thing yeah. to me is kind of cool. And, uh, um, it, it reminds me a little bit of the, uh, and I'm sure I'm going to listen to that song and it's going to sound completely different, but there's the, uh, the song, uh, we got to get out of this place by the animals. Yeah. And they've sure got, I, I'm thinking they've got kind of a, maybe a similar type of feel riff at the beginning of that song mm-hmm. whoops i just bumped there but um but yeah i this has got an interesting flavor to it so i'm probably going to keep this one and uh i don't know i'll do something with it we'll see i'll stick it in the drawer we'll see what happens uh yeah, down the and road it also reminds me of a guy called larry john wilson i don't know if you heard of him he was in a this is great uh, you're dropping all these great names i'm gonna have to look <laughs> them up and uh and 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 add them to my uh uh my playlists and stuff i you know my i, I hate to say it, it's like you, you talked about like how there's like songwriting periods and then there's, uh, you know, performing periods and then there's recording periods and that you mm-hmm. don't always like to overlap them. And yeah. I tend to be kind of an input output kind of guy. I, I, I either have periods where I'm high output and, and I don't do a lot of input. And I feel like for the last several years I've been doing like high output. And so I haven't done my exploration into to different types of music. So, so this is all, I, I appreciate all the recommendations cause I'm going to look those up and, and, uh, uh i need to get exposed to some stuff that i haven't heard recently so oh i love sharing good music man so yeah i hope you like it absolutely well all right so um we're now at that point in the show where you get to promote anything you want so is there uh anything coming up dan that uh you want to point out to folks or or is there uh you got uh you know or just your website or your albums or, or anything like that yeah, for sure. Well, in terms of my own music, um, yep, I've got a website, www.danraza.com, D-A-N-R-A-Z-A, uh, which needs updating. But yeah, if you want to uh, find out about my music and all that business, you can go there. Bandcamp, I'm on that. Um, I've got an album, which is kind of a bugbear in my life at the moment, the difficult third album. And uh, I hope to have that uh, finished at some point this year. So, yeah, if, if anybody likes my music, I'd, be, I'd love you for you to find me on Facebook, like me or add me as a friend, whatever you want. And I'll, you can stay posted with all that that way. That'd be grand. And I guess the other thing I can promote is uh, like yourself. Well, I, I, I'm a DJ on a radio station uh, in London here in London, England, and also in Canada. Uh, Ontario, Canada, and the show's called Spirit and Roots, and I, that's the show I host, and we have guests, uh, yeah, it's who a- I interview about songwriting and play their favorite tracks, we spin songs that they like, and the upcoming, the biggest upcoming guest is Ron Sexsmith from uh, Canada, so it's a, uh, yeah. Oh, Ron Sexsmith, wow. Yeah. Oh, he is... <laughs> He's brilliant, my God! Yeah, that's a, man, exactly. That's you. You've that's a you really bagged a bagged a ringer there. That's great. Yeah, um, it's kind of funny. I got these kind of people in my in my phone book now, like uh, yeah, Ron Sexsmith, James McMurtry, and it's kind of it's kind of cool. But um, what, what I just I won't take too much of your time up. But what, what one interesting thing that Ron told me, which might be of interest to to you and your listeners, is uh how he writes songs, which I found really fascinating because. His career before, uh, you know, he got a publishing deal and the record contract and stuff, was he was a courier, so the same job as I do, except he oh, was uh, that's cool. up in uh, Toronto. Yeah, so, but anyway, he, he does. He writes the same way now as he wrote then, and basically he writes songs while he's walking. I'm, oh, I'm totally, I'm all for that. That's, that's Are one of my, I love doing that. See, that's kind that. of alien to me, when, and when he told me that, I kind of read that in my research, but... It was only after he said it and we talked about it in my interview with him that I was like, oh, my God, I really need to do this. Because he was he's, he used to do the same work as I do. And he wrote pretty much his whole first album, um, uh, you know, uh, walking around the streets of Toronto as, as a courier. So I was like, man, I've got no excuse, you know, here in London doing the same job. So, uh, yeah, I found that kind of interesting. Yeah, that somebody could write well, a whole complete song 
in their head away from an instrument. But actually, I know John Prine did that as well when he was a mailman. You know, most of it, I know a lot of his first songs, like uh, Sam Stone, I believe, and great songs like that were oh, wow. written away okay. from his instrument. Yeah, just while he was doing his mail rounds. So that was kind of cool for me. So I love doing these kind of conversations, you know, and just hearing about, oh, you know, because there's so many different approaches, right? And your 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 show is a it's a it's a really great show. I uh, I, I, Thanks, I I strongly recommend that people check it out and check out Dan Raz's music. Um, Thanks, but but just to talk about walking, uh, that's yeah. since it's on on point with our 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 our, our theme. But just uh, I, I yeah I like walking because um, I don't ha I don't feel uh, constrained by the like chords on the guitar that I normally mm, play. Exactly. I feel like I I get out of what what happens is i'll write a melody or something or or lyrics or or however and i'll come back and i'll have to try to translate that on the instrument and it'll end up coming up with uh you know i won't know <laughs> what's supposed to be there and so i'll end up finding i think uh sometimes some you know interesting you know chord changes at least interesting to me um that I don't think I would have come up with otherwise. When it, when I'm writing on an instrument, it's a very different thing than if I'm uh, writing walking around. So, so was that what you did with this challenge song that you played just now? No, this one. Uh, no, I was I was slacking off on this one. I waited. I, I started this on uh, Friday night too, and yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just. Um, no, well, I came up with the melody in my head and the basic mind over matter thing uh, in my head, and then um, and then it sounded kind of bluesy. So I tried to put my version of blues chords in there, which I you know I don't I don't actually understand music theory enough to tell you if it's a good blues progression or not. But that was what was uh, going through my head. That's yeah. great, man. And when you say you came up with the melody in your head, what? Were you just sitting at home, or were you doing the dishes, or were you on a walk? Because I'm intrigued by that. That's uh, you know, it's a. I'm trying to think here. How did I come up with that? I was just, I, I was, I was putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, and I was like, boy, I, I, I'm just gonna write something really crappy. I'm gonna just have to whip something out. But I was okay. This is, I confess, I'm a huge basketball fan, and the uh, yeah. NBA is having their playoffs right now here in in the states, and um. So I've been trying to fit it in the writing in between commercial breaks, you know, and so so I was just like, okay, mind over matter. What am I gonna do? And and yeah, the melody came on the first night. Uh, the melody and just the basic mind over matter, you know, because uh, the you know you know oftentimes the rhythm of the words implies a melody, and yeah. so I had that that kind of came up during the commercial breaks of these uh, basketball games. And uh, and then I was like, okay, I'm not gonna worry about lyrics until tomorrow. And so the next day, uh, after basketball was done for the evening, uh, I I was up really really late uh, finishing up the whole thing. And uh, yeah, and the lyrics were, you know, I think once I I really just decided that the the whole song is about not knowing what to write. It became a lot easier to write it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I guess I sort of omitted that whole section there. So there we go. That's how I wrote the song. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> All right, uh, Dan, this has been such a fun uh, conversation. Thank you so much for for taking the time to to do this. Uh, bless you, Dave. It's been wonderful. I've been looking forward to reconnecting with you, man. And this has just been a wonderful way of doing it. So thank you so much for having me as your guest. It's been lovely. You bet. All right. And... Um... All right, folks, that's a wrap. Uh, be sure to like and review the podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at David L. Coyle or on Facebook at Dave Coyle's Musical Extravaganza. If you have any questions for me or about any of my guests, you can email me at rawsongwriting at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, please consider contributing to the program via Venmo at Dave Coyle or paypal.me slash Dave Coyle. In the meantime, keep your songwriting raw and riveting. Ain't nothing sadder than a hole in your head Your thoughts are scattered, you lay awake in bed Fed up with the chatter, background jibble-jabber Staring at the ceiling, you can't control your feelings Your thoughts can gather, it's mine 
You're on for cover with your soul in distress They call your blunders, remember your regrets Guessing at the number leaves you so encumbered Still your heart is bleeding, you can't control your feelings Your heart will gather its mind over matter, you see Now hold 